Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. For this week's episode, we sit down with a legitimate living legend, Coach Frank Beamer, most notably from Virginia Tech. Uh, if, I mean, if you have not heard of him, um, you need to find a computer and Google um, or turn on ESPN and watch college football once in a while. I'm telling you, he is one of the best that's ever lived. Uh, coach Beamer, as a head coach, has picked up 280 wins. Uh, he's been to 22 bowl games, won 10 of them. And I'm going to read off a couple of his accomplishments. He won three Big East championships, four ACC championships, five ACC Coastal Division championships. He was AFCA Coach of the Year in 99. Associated Press Coach of the Year in the same year, uh, a few more Coach of the Year Coach of the Year awards that year. He is three-time Big East Coach of the Year, two-time ACC Coach of the Year, and listen, just absolutely revered by all of his former players. Uh, like I said, a living legend. So grateful that he spent time with us. We really hope you enjoy the conversation. How was the uh, How was the game the other night? I think I saw you right before you went out for the coin toss. Yeah, yeah, it was very exciting. It was, uh, you know, a good game and uh, good fans both ways and turned out well. Very happy to hear it. I wonder if you'd be willing to give us uh, a brief bio, even if it's going back to Mount Airy, um, just some of the things in your early life, maybe as a player, uh, that influenced your life as a coach. Uh, well, I grew up, uh, uh, actually, I was, I was born in Mount Airy, North Carolina, but the reason, I always lived in Virginia, right across the state line. Mount Airy was actually the closest uh, hospital to us, but I uh, grew up in a little small town, uh, uh, Hillsville, Virginia, and actually uh, uh, out in an area called Fancy Gap, Virginia. It's right on the... Uh, uh, about half a mile from the Blue Ridge Parkway, right from, uh, you know, uh, looking down over the mountains of uh, Virginia and in North Carolina. But, uh, you know, we uh, I think I grew up with uh, a mom and dad that uh, uh, we were going to be in church every Sunday, and, and uh, we... Uh, no, if, no matter how late you stayed out on Saturday night, you're getting ready to get up on Sunday morning and get to church. They, uh, we grew up on a farm. Uh, we grew up with, uh, you know, they let us um, milk the cows, and and uh, we sold the milk and whatever money we got from that, uh, we could keep. And uh, so I think we kind of got values in the hard work and. Uh, kind of get what you earn and that type of thing. And uh, and then I, uh, I, I think uh, the whole uh, uh, town, it was just a, a little country town that uh, you knew everyone. Uh, they knew you. Uh, Friday night football game was the biggest thing that happened there in, in a while. And so... Uh, you know, I kind of grew up with that uh, that type of uh, situation, and at the time, it, it was a 
we had a great little league. Uh, every team we played was kind of in a similar situation. It was Whitfield, it was Dublin, it was Pulaski, it was Radford, it was Blacksburg, Narrows, Parisburg. And so it was all little towns, uh, and the schools are very similar. So, uh, you know, it was a great little league. So, uh, you know, I, I look back and, and uh, think, hey, I was fortunate to really grow up in that kind of environment, really. Yeah, and um, help me with my history here. Um, at the time, it was still primarily, I mean, running offenses, single wings and things like that. And what I heard from your bio um, is that you were one of the first true passers in that league. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, we had a uh, coach, Tommy Thompson. He passed away, but he was really a neat guy. And what he did, he went up to uh, Baltimore and, and when Johnny Unitas was playing there and uh, studied uh, a pro scheme and came back and we put this little passing game in at uh, Hillsville High School. And uh, and, and uh, at that time, you know, it was most people were running the football and, and only threw when they had to. It was third and real long. We were, uh, we got back and we uh, uh, kind of had the unique thing. We were throwing just about every down, really. And uh, it was so different in high school that people, uh, you know, didn't have the concept of how to really stop a pass- passing game. You know, it really it was one of those situations where uh, Coach Thompson was really way ahead of his time, really. Yeah, it sounds like it. And. And uh, you're too humble to say it, but if I'm not mistaken, I think you threw for about 43 touchdowns uh, in your varsity career. Does that sound about right? <laughs> I think you got that number right. I think that's. And then, um, and then that obviously that took you then to Virginia Tech, where you were um, on the other side of the ball. Though I wonder, I, I was thinking about this. You played corner primarily, defensive back corner primarily. Um, do you think having that experience at quarterback influenced your play at corner, or how did that fit together? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always had a uh, understanding of the game, and, and I think uh, you know, I kind of uh, I wasn't very fast, but uh, in college we played all zone coverage, so I could keep everything in front of me, and I wasn't I wasn't going to bite up on a Pitch and go. Uh, uh, um, I think I had a understanding of what people uh, were trying to do, and and even uh, uh, what they may be, you know, maybe thinking they were getting ready to do. So uh, yeah, I think I think playing quarterback uh, helped me as a defensive back. I believe it, and. Um... Uh, I think you are, again, probably too humble to admit, but a three-year starter at Tech and a captain as a senior. It's a pretty impressive career. And uh, I'm not just trying to pat you on the back too hard, but I just I love the storyline. There's no question that anyone who hears you know, the name Virginia Tech uh, and yours, I mean, those are synonymous names. And I'll tell you, I don't, I don't want to date you at all, but I'm, you know, myself and Coach Nadalna here, we don't know a Virginia Tech that wasn't kind of at near the top of college football, right? But before you got there, um, 
it wasn't always that way. Can you tell us a little bit about the how you got that thing started and, and pointed in the right direction? Well, I gotta give credit. Uh, you know, back uh, when when we uh, first got there, we uh, were independent. It's hard to imagine where Virginia Tech would be without having been a member of a conference, the big football conference, and then the Atlantic Coast uh, Atlantic Coast Conference, because the the conference gave you an avenue to TV. Uh, gave you an avenue to bowl games, and those are two important ingredients if you're going to be relevant in college football. Right. So we were fortunate that we came in along at a time that, uh, you know, we were able to get into a conference, and uh, that really changed everything. And then we were lucky that uh, we had a guy, uh, Michael Vick, that came to Virginia Tech, because I think he changed everything about Virginia Tech. I've heard of that guy. He was the guy that uh, took us to play for the national championship, and and uh, you know, and and for the old timers, Virginia Tech going to the Sugar Bowl or going to the Orange Bowl are for sure uh, playing for the national championship. That hadn't even been a thought, but. Virginia Tech is doing things that uh, no one really thought possible. So, uh, you know, that uh, it was kind of an uh, exciting time here in Blacksburg and a, and a different time here in Blacksburg. Right. Well, I, I mean, no question. I think uh, sending guys to the league and, and the exposure that bowl games get you, especially in the national championship game, it's got to help recruiting. But... Uh, from what I've heard and why we're so interested in, and happy to talk to you this morning is um, that a, a lot of your former players, guys like D'Angelo Hall, Macho Harris, those kind of, they say, yes, those were factors, but there's no question that, that you, Coach, as a human being, um, you know, connecting with them on a very personal human level, that that was the reason they chose Virginia Tech, and that's the reason that they still reflect so fondly on their time there. Yeah. Well, when I sat in the home and told their mom and dad, hey, you sent him to Virginia Tech, we're going to do our best to take care of him and always make decisions that we think are right for him and, and we'll always keep you involved uh, if, if we need to call you, if we're going to call you. Uh, I, I meant those things very sincerely. Right. Because, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, and I had a son that played for us here at Virginia Tech and had a daughter. And, and you know, when you, uh, I think what you want, want to do is treat those players the same way you treat your own kids. And that's kind of what I live by. Uh, how would I uh, treat Shane or how would I treat Casey and kind of uh, make a decision just on that? So uh, I took that very, uh, very much to heart in uh, trying to, trying to treat kids right, uh, be respectful of them, be honest with them, really care about them. And, uh, and I think that's the way that uh, you get the best results on the other side. Right. Yeah, no question. Actually, in fact, um, that's kind of one of the missions of the Good Athlete Project is we, you know, we want coaches to understand their role as mentors and take care of people and all that and you know for the for the pure reason for the real reason for the moral reason but the truth is that also lends itself to 
you know, success. If you are optimizing a human being, if you make connections and they're playing for each other and, you know, and there's a, a, a true family atmosphere uh, within athletics, the product on the field improves yeah. too, right? It, it certainly works in both ways. Well, I, I think without question, uh, you know, I always say when you get down there on the goal line and, uh, and you need about a yard to get in the end zone, if, if people really care about each other, you got a better shot at that ball getting in the end zone. If those players could, uh, uh, the, if those players don't trust their coach uh, mm-hmm. and uh, feel like, hey, this guy's always being truthful with me, I right. think you got a problem on the other side. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it definitely affects. I think the chemistry of a football team is so very, very important. Mm-hmm. How and the relationship between the coaches and the players. Uh, that's got to be solid if you're going to have a solid program, for sure. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah, and, and that fourth and one, the goal line type situation, especially when you're at the back end of a game, right? If it's fourth quarter, you know, your, your body might be telling you to shut down, but um, your connection to your teammates and your coaches, that's probably what pushes you forward. Um, and you actually you took us down two interesting thought lines. One of them is we do want to hear a little bit about um, Shane, who has followed your footsteps. But we're also really interested in um, the part of your bio. You were at Radford High School as a coach. Was that your that was your first stop, right? And and we actually work primarily at the high school level. I wonder how uh, spending a couple years in high school um, influenced exactly what we've been talking about the relationships with players. Well, it was uh, a great place. I uh, I actually was just over at Radford yesterday, uh, uh, reading to an elementary school group. But I, I was fortunate to start out there uh, in Radford. Uh, Norm Lindenberg uh, uh, was a coach that came in. Harold Absher uh, was the guy that I first went there to coach for. But then he went into administration and. And Norm Lindenberg, who's a terrific uh, coach, uh, learned so much uh, from him, came in and uh, and we went on to win a state championship, uh, high school. Uh, but uh, we had a, I think we had about eight guys that went from a small town, small uh, school, went on to play major college football. So we just had a run of good talent come through there and. And uh, went on, went on to win the uh, state sh- uh, championship, and then I went from there on to uh, be a graduate assistant at the University of Maryland under uh, Jerry Claiborne, and right. I played for Claiborne at Virginia Tech. So when mm-hmm. he got the job at Maryland, I went there, and then uh, Bobby Ross was on that staff, and he got the job at the Citadel, uh, and so I went with Bob, Coach Ross to the Citadel. And uh, and then I went from there to Murray State under Mike Godfrey, and uh, and then Mike left to take the Cincinnati job, and then I got the head job at Murray State, and then I stayed there for a few years, and and then came back to uh, Virginia Tech after that. That's right, and and had success at every spot. You mentioned the state championship. Um, you won a conference championship at Murray State, if I'm not mistaken, the OVC, and then. Yeah. And then uh, a few Big East championships, uh, four more ACC championships, and just a string of of success. Um, Speaking of a string of success and family, um, how is Shane liking it at Georgia? 
Shane uh, doing really well. I uh, I think he's uh, he's handling special teams and tight ends down there and working for Kirby Smart, who I think is a really uh, impressive uh, head coach. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a good uh, good place, good school. Uh, they can recruit there. Uh, they're of course in a great league, and and I think Shane, uh, you know, he's very detailed. He's very hard working. Uh, I'm really proud of the guy. Uh, you know, I think uh, he's he's got a good football mind. Uh, when he was here with me, uh, he'd come up and suggest things or ask questions that uh, kept me thinking right as the head coach. And I've uh, I'm really proud of Shane and very uh, very impressed with him as a as a coach, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's funny, we talk a lot about there's this phenomenon in coaching, especially youth coaching, you know, the, the conversation on the car ride home between uh, parent and athlete. Uh, you had a very um, unique version of that, I think, being a, a college head coach, having Shane be um, one of your college players. How, how was that balancing uh, a father role and um, coach role? Well, you know, uh, I think Shane made it easy because he didn't want to be treated uh, special, for sure. I mean, he wanted to treat like every other player on the team, and that's what we tried to do. And uh, so he uh, he made it uh, an easy situation. And I think he had the respect of the other players because they realized that, too. Uh, he, uh, he was just another kid on the team. It happened to be the coach's son, but he didn't—he uh, didn't take advantage of that in any way, any shape, uh, any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, uh, ain't made it easy. Good to hear. And then, uh, I guess now, as now that he is a coach of his own, and you are—I um, don't know—I'll say retired, but I can't believe that you're just sitting around. Um, what are the football conversations like now? Are you ever down there? At Georgia, or yeah, you know they're, uh, you know, uh, what, uh, what, are you, what's the plan for this week? How do you feel about the game? Uh, you know, how's the other team look? Uh, uh, you know, just the, the normal things that I think two guys that's been in football would talk about with each other. So uh, you know, and uh, and so you know he's. Uh, He's good. I mean, he's really uh, thoughtful about things, and uh, I think very knowledgeable about what uh, what he's doing and uh, you know, on the field. I you know, I went down and watched his uh, game against Appalachian State here, and uh, did good things. I thought on special teams and uh, had them ready to adjust to. Uh, you know, the, in their pop formation, they would shift to different things, and uh, and. Uh, Georgia was very uh, uh, alert and ready to, to match their uh, shifts. And, uh, you know, I thought Shane had them well prepared for the game. Yeah, and it just I think it's so funny that you mentioned that because, uh, I mean, you have an incredible eye for that as well, obviously. I don't know if people will know. One of the most impressive statistics, and again, correct me if I'm off, but I think it was something like, 131 blocked kicks during your time at Virginia Tech. Special teams were pretty incredible. Um, and can I, I mean, it, and for whatever reason, that just seems like, you know, we go through this every year. Um, 
talk about three phases of the game and and I think uh, too often people think that's just kind of lip service that's you know this is how we get the other guys on the field it's certainly that's certainly not it and you are sort of a beacon to that we'll actually talk to our our team and you use you as an example uh, this is championship football championship football teams and players um, do their best to you know hit all three areas of the game no one is necessarily more important than another and and uh, that's how you take it to the next level yeah you know um, uh, we it was interesting uh, I was uh, tried to convince our players we used the best players we had the, the guy that was most capable or most able to do the job that was required in the special team uh, we used that guy right so we right. used a lot of starters in offense and defense and that we always talked about uh, uh, we're trying to help your pro career because if it gets down to uh, the last cut or down to near the uh, uh, last people that the teams want to uh, keep, if you've got a, a talent in special teams, they can. And uh, I just read a story yesterday about Trey Edmonds, who was a uh, uh, running back here, and really a terrific running back, but he, uh, he uh, hurt his knee. And then when he came back, we had other, a couple of other guys that had come along. So Trey didn't have one playing as much tailback as he uh, initially was, but he really turned his uh, attention to special teams. And he was on every special team that I had because he was athletic, he was tough. And uh, so he really uh, uh, worked at it, and he was very good. And he just made, I think, the New Orleans Saints because of his specialty. Because, of, sure, sure. So, uh, you know, it kind of uh, says that, hey, what what Coach Beamer was telling me, hey, we're trying to help your pro career. That's a perfect example of uh, doing that. Right. No, there's no question. That I would imagine that at that level especially, that's one of the differentiating factors when it comes, uh, you know, when they get close to the bubble there. Um, can I ask this now? What does um, what does a day in your life look like? You just mentioned you brought it up. You're you're over reading the elementary uh, school students. Yeah, they I went over to read the elementary school in Radford yesterday, and uh, and you know we've been doing a lot of traveling, and you know uh, between the games here at Virginia Tech and the games at Georgia. Uh, that keeps us busy. Uh, Shane's three kids. Uh, we like being around our grandkids. And then my daughter has two boys, and she lives in Columbus, Georgia now. And so we're down in Georgia quite a bit. And uh, so we're staying busy. I, I, about, uh, I've been speaking quite a bit, and uh, and I like doing that. It keeps me busy, and I'm I'm better busy than I'm than sitting around doing nothing. So. Uh, you know, I, my life has been actually pretty active and uh, pretty busy here, really. No, that's I, I can imagine. That's very cool. Um, and I guess if you're if you're open to it, we have we have a couple um, probably a little more fun questions. We call it almost like the lightning round, just to um, let people get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're comfortable with it, feel free to answer. If not, we have great editors, yeah. and we can just cut it out. <laughs> So, uh, Coach Nadelma. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Coach, if you wouldn't mind sharing, uh, what is your fondest high school or junior high sports moment? 
Well, uh, the one that I really remember is uh, we uh, and we like I said earlier we uh, uh, had a uh, high school team that uh, really played football different. We threw it around. Well, it got us to where we uh, played for the conference championship, New River Valley Conference Championship, and we played against Blacksburg. And uh, we uh, we lost, uh, uh, had a chance to win in the fourth quarter, and we lost. And, uh, and that thing uh, stayed with me. And uh, I slept in the same room with my brother and and uh, he, I think he'd been out on a date. This was a couple nights after the game, and he came back and uh, and uh, I was, I guess I was thinking about the game and uh, and uh, started screaming out and uh, and <laughs> he, uh, I think I scared him to death. He didn't know uh, what was going on, but I, uh, I, uh, I had, I guess I was dreaming about the game and uh, and the dream didn't come out the right way either. So. Uh, <laughs> That, that's the one I, I remember the most. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, what is your favorite book unrelated to your field? Oh, well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I try to live by what the Bible says, uh, you know, number one. But I've uh, been fortunate. I've had two books uh, about my time here at Virginia Tech come out. And, uh, and the last one, Let Me Be Frank, uh, I think is uh, particularly good. So, uh, you know, I, I, those, those are the ones I'm kind of proud of, really. Perfect. And I think we can, uh, we'll include a link to that book in the bio. Absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, this, this could be the last one. Um, what advice would you give to a future leader about to embark on a similar journey that you have? Uh, I think you've got to live by what you try to teach. I don't think you can say one thing and do another and be a very effective leader. I think uh, I think you've, uh, as I said earlier, I think you've got to always be honest. Uh, um, being truthful with each other is the foundation, and then caring about each other. I think that's got to be real. I think you got to be respectful of the, a person's what they believe or what they're doing. You may not agree with it, but, uh, you know, I think everyone has the right to uh, uh, what they, uh, how they want to uh, do things or what they believe in. And so uh, I think all those things kind of go into being a leader and, and get people to uh, respond the way you, you really want 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 them to. Um, I think that's I think it's great advice. Thank, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Coach. Well, yeah, thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, always good to talk to you. Uh, I'm sure there's still um, big things to come for you, and we're looking forward to keeping an eye out. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.